Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast. Uh, I'm Michael Platten, and with me I have Simon Strawn. Hi, everybody. We have pretty much finished our symptom series. Now we just wanted to put it all together and give almost like a case study, for lack of a better word, where we run through, your child has a fever, what do you do? Just to give you some pointers and things like, this is very ad libby. we're just going to throw out some ideas and see what works. Yeah, I think that's that's right. So it's really based on the fact that you know, in our practice, we offer a, a WhatsApp service um, until eight at night. And then after that, we have a telephone phone in. So if there's a problem, people phone. And you know, I've been doing this job for many, many, many years. And, and the number of times at night I've had to deal with a scenario, I thought it would be try, interesting to try and do that. So mm. let's think about it. You, um, yeah, let me throw one at you. Okay. We, <clears throat> you have a two-year-old at home. And... During the day, they were looking just a bit off, and at night, where they normally sleep nicely, 10 o'clock, he wakes up, and he's screaming. You you put your hand on him, and he feels warm. Yeah. What do you do? So, first of all, I would have nudged the wife, and she would have got out of bed and gone <laughs> to see the child. That's <laughs> probably no. not. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do? So, your child's screaming, you're going, and your child is hot. So, first of all, always take the fever. Always measure what the fever is. Now, it's not going to matter whether the fever is 38 or 40. The point is the child is feverish and the child is screaming and miserable because of the fever. So, number one, um, control the fever. And we've done the first five episodes of the series on fever. So, go back to that and have a listen and control the fever, number one. So, now, when you've given medication for the fever, there are two basic things. The one is that... Fevers go up and down by themselves anyway through illnesses. And if you give something for the fever, don't expect the fever to break in 15 minutes. It's probably mm -hmm. going to take 30 to 45 minutes. And then the next time the fever comes up, it's not going to be as high as the first time. So it's not going to… In most cases. In most cases. Most so, children don't need books. <clears throat> yeah. So, mm -hmm. so that's number one. Then what you do is you look and go, what else is going on? Mm -hmm. So that's when you need to actually get your child out of bed or when you're in the bed have a really good look at your child, including looking at the skin. Mm. So what, is, what else does it mean? So you, you, your child went to bed fairly okay. So now when you look at your child, what are you seeing? Are you seeing a child who's giving you any sign that there is pain anywhere? Is there vomit all over the bed, perhaps? Is there runny poo somewhere? Is your child, does your child suddenly have a rash that it didn't have before it went to bed? Uh, or have you suddenly realized that your child's making a funny sound when it's breathing or coughing? So congestion, yes. slightly more <clears throat> wet nose, runny <clears throat> nose. And also, depending on their age, if they tell you, I have pain here or I feel sick. Yes. Mm. So that's, so that's going to direct you then immediately into what we're dealing with. So if we're dealing with a child who's now suddenly very congested and who's coughing, well, then you look at that and go, right, now why is that happening? Is it because the nose is particularly blocked? Uh, so then make sure you can actually clean the nose out and make sure that that's 
uh, clear. So that's salt water, salt water spray, saline yes. spray, <coughs> suctioning. <coughs> exactly. Okay. And then once you've done that, you then reevaluate what you're seeing. Lift up or take off the, P- the PJs and have a look at the chest and see what the chest looks like in terms of the movement of the chest. Does it look like the child? Effort. Yeah. Yes. Is there an effort of breathing? So what we, we refer to that as recessions, eh? mm. where you see the, the ribs, the, the skin kind of sucking in between the ribs, or you see the tummy breathing. Um, or, in fact, you may hear that there's a bit of a obstructed sound when the child is breathing or coughing, or the cough is sounding like a bark. But the point about all of those is you look at that and go, how distressed is this child? How much effort is the child making to breathe? And if at that point you go, I'm not comfortable with this, the child must be seen. Yes. That said, remember what we <coughs> spoke about in our first few episodes is that a fever will increase a child's respiratory rate, yes. the breathing rate. So once their fever has subsided, reassess them yeah. and make sure that that breathing is still not there. Because then if it's still there and you're like, I'm not happy, then we need to see them. Now that, that's actually a, that's a very good thing. It's in fact something we learn when we do the, the pediatric, uh, advanced pediatric life support course, is you always go back to the beginning. <clears throat> so if the fever was there and you're going to check something else, always go back and say, so where's the fever now? And where's the fever now? So as Mike is saying, you then go back and go, there's still a fever. Okay, maybe that's why the child's breathing fast. Or there's no fever and the child's still breathing fast. Yeah. <clears throat> So that, I think that's that's it in terms of respiratory. In turn, mm. yes. Some things do take time to develop. So if you're getting the fever under control and they don't have any symptoms yet, you can probably wait. If, if the fever responds to the medication, watch and wait. If it's at night and it's like 10 o'clock, give some time. The fever will probably pop up again at about 2 o'clock. There might be new symptoms to see then. They might yeah. start having congestion. I think what's real is... I don't think you ever have to rush just for a fever. Yeah. Just control the fever. Give some medication for the fever. Use the lukewarm bath. Use the cool drinks. But if it's just a fever, you don't need to rush. Because if it's just a fever, it's a virus. And you're probably not going to do a lot for that anyway other than control the fever. So it's always this fever plus what's there. So evaluate what's there. And we've spoken about the respiratory stuff and always going back to look at the fever. Mm. But I think that in the respiratory things... As parents, just you have to trust your gut. It doesn't matter what we're trying to teach you or how easy mm. we're trying to make it for you. If you are concerned about your child's breathing and you, you don't feel comfortable about going back to your own bed and shutting your eyes, then take your child to be checked. Yeah. Better, you, better safe than sorry. Well, it is. And you, and you might well find that by the time you get there and you've been out in the cool night air and the temperature's broken, you arrive at casualty and you go, okay. No, they're fine. <laughs> but, I mean, so often I get you, you can get called at midnight or two in the morning and you, on the phone you can hear this child with that really bad, brassy, creepy cough with that, <gasps> that horrible stridor. And then you say, I'll meet you at the hospital. And an hour later, the parents walk in and there's no stridor left. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens. <clears throat> but… It's just, it's just knowing when to call it. Well, it is. And, and if, with, if it's your first child and you have zero point of reference, mm-hmm. you're obviously going to react sooner than if it's your third child. Yeah. When you're going to go, oh, I've seen this before. Mm. No, I had a mom that now, that this week, she's on her third child. And with the first child, I saw her quite frequently. And now with the third child, she came in a week later saying, oh, we, we managed this, we managed this, we managed this, 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 but this has changed. The She's child, scratching her ear. The child eventually said, take me to the doctor, I'm sick. She did. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> and she had an ear infection because yeah, you, you get to the point where you understand what happens with your child and with any, every subsequent child. Yeah. And just learning that. And that's what you will get to understand as you go through all of these infections. Yeah. Just if you're concerned, seek, seek help. I think the other thing just to touch on here is if your child is in severe pain and you've given the medication to break the fever, the same medication for the fever is going to settle whatever pain there is. Mm. If the pain is not settling, then you should probably be seen. And then diarrhea and vomiting. I think here it is very much about how long has the vomiting been going on. So if it's one vomit during the middle of the night, uh, you, watch. you just need to watch it. Yeah, You just don't. You do, what, what you don't do after there's been one vomit is suddenly go, oh, my goodness, my child's going to dehydrate and try and force a bottle of <laughs> rehydration solution down. Yeah. Just give it time. Give it. I would not offer anything to drink for the next half to, to hour, half hour to an hour. Mm. Just let it settle down. Get the fever. Get the child to settle. If they fall asleep, let them sleep. 100%. Mm. And if you, if you are going to uh, give something to drink, don't give more than 10 mils at a time. Uh, and if the child vomits that, and you try 10 mils again and vomits that. So if you're eventually now in the situation of going, I can't keep, keep, get this child to keep anything down, then go to casualty. Mm. So you don't have to rush with the very first symptom like that. You can just look at the entire child and build that picture of, am I comfortable dealing with this, mm. with the information that I have? Always with a caveat at the end, if, you, if there's anything about it you feel uncomfortable about, well, in our practice, you can phone. Mm. Um, but if you don't have that facility, then rather go to casualty. Yeah. I think what we need to end off with is something very important. The red flag symptoms, like the things that you cannot miss, that you should not not act on. Yeah. And that is a child that wakes up with, say, a fever, but is lethargic, meaning too tired to wake up or to interact with you. Not able to drink. If they are breathing so fast that you're concerned that they are not getting enough oxygen, if you're seeing any blueness or any we call cyanosis anywhere around their lips, nail beds, fingers, that's like late signs. Uh, if they have any blood coming from anywhere. So a bleeding nose, not so much. If it, we often see fevers causing bleeding mm. noses, but definitely through well, diarrhea. If they're fitting. If they are fitting, yes. Episode 5. Uh, in addition to a fever or even without a fever, even more so without a fever. Yes, definitely without a fever. But I think any fit. So obviously fever fits. You may know why the child is fitting, but especially if it's the first fit, you must definitely go in. Especially if there's no fever, you must go in. The only time that you possibly wouldn't is if you're one of those rare occasions and unfortunate where your child is the one that's getting fits with repeated fevers. So every time the child gets a bad fever, it gets a fit. Mm. You may feel at some point that you kind of got that under control, but otherwise I would always react. Mm. I think that's it. Yeah, and always, as we said, what's the other red flag? You as a parent are feeling really uncomfortable about the situation and you don't feel comfortable enough to make that decision about any treatment. So, you know, it's pointless phoning the person on call if you have no medication at home. <laughs> that mm. happens sometimes. You say, yeah. well, what have you got at home? Nothing. And we go, well, then <laughs> I, really, I really can't help you. So, you know, in those situations, just go to the hospital. Mm. Like we can help you tell you what to get, but yeah, we can't actually. But you can't give you medication. <laughs> yeah, but you can't get it at one o'clock in the morning. That's there are the some, point. some 24 hour pharmacies. You yeah. need to just research in your area. Yeah, but you're not going to do that. You're rather going to go to the place you know and pop, into, pop into your nearest casualty that's open 24 hours a day. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
if your children have allowed you to. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.care4kids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Pete in a Podcast. At Two Pete in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.